The Westminster Confession of Faith was first published in 1646. It was the result of the hard work done by a group of men called the Westminster Divines. Their goal was to outline what they believed the Scriptures principally taught. And it has been said that the Church of Christ cannot be creedless and live. Thankfully, the Westminster Confession of Faith has been the creed of the Reformed Church for almost 400 years. This podcast seeks to point you to Christ, to help you navigate the Westminster Confession of Faith, and to see you understand what you believe and why you believe it. Welcome to This We Confess. Westminster Confession of Faith, Chapter 13, of Sanctification, Paragraph 1. They who are once effectually called and regenerated, having a new heart and a new spirit created in them, are further sanctified really and personally through the virtue of Christ's death and resurrection. By his word and spirit dwelling in them, the dominion of the whole body of sin is destroyed and the several lusts thereof are more and more weakened and mortified, and they more and more quickened and strengthened in all saving graces, to the practice of true holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. If there was ever an advert on television for the Christian life, it would be a victorious advert. The mother and father of the home would have perfect hair and perfect teeth, They would have children named after the apostles, and those children would be always obedient, getting good grades in school, and always doing their chores. The mother and father would be endlessly romantic. They would never ever struggle with sin. The word would always be read around a dinner table, and the family would all jump into their shiny bright car to go to church on Sunday, listening intently to the sermon and shaking the hand of the pastor with respect and good grace. But unfortunately, the Christian life is not like that. I suspect any one of us listening to this will know that the Christian life for us has not always been victorious. Our children do not always want to go to church. They find it boring. They critique the sermon on the way home and they are less than complimentary about their pastor. Our marriages are not always filled with romance and joy and delight. Our teeth are crooked. Our hair is windswept. And sometimes the Christian life feels like an endless battle, and one that we are not making any progress in. If you've ever felt like this, and wondered why sometimes your faith does not resemble the faith of the American TV evangelists, then chapter 13 of the Confession is for you. It speaks of sanctification, the process by which the Lord is growing us up in the faith and making us more like Christ. And paragraph 1 begins with words full of confidence. They who are once effectually called and regenerated, having a new heart and a new spirit created in them, are further sanctified, really and personally through the virtue of Christ's death and resurrection. In simple terms, the Westminster Divines tell us that if you were once effectually called and regenerated, if you have been saved, if the Spirit has worked in your life, if you are of God's justified and adopted people, then you have had a new heart and a new spirit created in you. You truly have been sanctified, 
and you are further sanctified, really and personally, through the virtue of Christ's death and resurrection. Paul says exactly this in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. You were watched, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. For Paul, there is absolutely no room for the belief that some Christians are progressing in the Christian life and others are not. There's no room for any sense of how some are being sanctified and others not so much. If we are part of God's justified, declared righteous people, then we have been and are being sanctified. It is the Apostle who says in Romans 6 and 5 and 6, For if we have been united with him, that is Jesus, in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. The Christian is someone whose old self was crucified with Christ. And certainly as we wait for glory, that old self still hangs around. But in a very real way, we have been united with Christ in his death. And we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Because our old self has been crucified with him, the body of sin will be brought to nothing. And we will no longer be enslaved to sin. Simply put, we are being sanctified. We are being made more and more like Christ every single day. We may not always see progress in our sanctification, but in terms of our standing with God, this does not matter. He is the one who has begun a good work in us, and he is the one who will surely complete it at the day of Christ. And so we can be confident that the Lord is sanctifying us. And surely then our sanctification and its success must depend on how well we do in it. But the Westminster Divines leave us no room to think in such a way. They make it clear as the opening sentence closes that all of this is through the virtue of Christ's death and resurrection. As surely as Christ Jesus died for our sins and was raised for our justification, then so too we will be sanctified. The Lord does not grow us up in the faith dependent upon our obedience. He does not bring us forward in progress because of our own virtue. Instead, it all rests and relies on the virtue of Christ's death and resurrection. As surely as he has died for us, then so too we will be sanctified. And this sanctification is made effective by the Word and by the Holy Spirit. It is this that the divines go on to state as the paragraph continues. The Lord Jesus prays for his people in John 17 and verse 17 that the Father would sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth, says Jesus. And Paul writes in Ephesians 5 and verse 26 that we are to be sanctified, having been cleansed by the washing of water with the word of God. And Paul continues in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13, But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. How are we to grow in faith? How are we to be sanctified? By the Word and by the Spirit. This in itself should give us great confidence that our sanctification does not rely on us. If my sanctification was all about me, then I would begin my Christian life as a wretch and I would end it in the very same way. 
Thanks be to God that he is growing us up in the faith. He is sanctifying us and he is doing it by means which come from without, not within. The Holy Spirit works in our hearts. He dwells within us. He chips away at the old self. He grows us up in the faith. He makes us more mature. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. And the word of God, as we read it and as we sit under it preached, is made effective to our salvation. And it is made effective to our sanctification. By word and spirit, the Lord God is sanctifying us. Terry Donnelly writes this. We need not make a peace treaty with our sins or settle for second best in our discipleship. God has given us his spirit and provided us with the Bible, with prayer, the sacraments, fellowship, suffering and other channels for his power. We must use these means of grace in the joyful expectation that day by day we will be changed from Simon to Peter. Donnelly writes here clearly and effectively about our sanctification and how it is brought about by the ordinary means of grace. And so here is a challenge to you brothers and sisters. If you look in the mirror and do not see much progress in your sanctification, let me ask you how much time do you spend in the word of God? How do you treat the word when it is preached? When your church family meets, are you there? Are you much in prayer? Are you someone who enjoys the fellowship of the saints? Are you someone who, going through times of suffering, understand that the Lord is bringing about maturity in your life? The Lord God Almighty uses ordinary means to sanctify his people. And whilst the success of our sanctification rests on the virtue of Christ Jesus and his righteousness, so too we must attend to the ordinary means of grace. And as we do this, the Westminster Divines tell us that the dominion of the whole body of sin is destroyed. Or in other words, we know that as we are being sanctified, we are being radically changed. As Teddy Donnelly puts it, we are changing from Simon to Peter. If we want to take the example of Paul, we could say that we are being changed from Saul to Paul. However we want to describe it, the Westminster Divines basing their teaching upon the word of God, are absolutely confident that as the Lord sanctifies us by his word and by the spirit, that the whole body of sin is being destroyed. Again, we may not see it. We may not be confident in our progress in sanctification, but it is happening. As surely as the Lord has put the stars in the sky, so too he is calling a people for his own possession unto himself, and so too those people are not being left in their sin, but instead that body of sin is being destroyed as they are being sanctified. Paul writes of this truth in Romans 6 and verse 6 and 14. Paul says, We know that our old self was crucified with Christ in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Verse 14, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. My brothers and sisters, this word is true today, as indeed it was the day that the Spirit inspired it to be written. Sin will have no dominion over the children of God. We are not under law, but we are under grace. And our old selves, that body of sin, was crucified with Christ in order that it would be brought to nothing, in order that the slaves to sin would be set free. As we are being sanctified, we can be utterly confident that the dominion of the whole body of sin is being destroyed. 
and in this life we can expect and look forward to progress in our sanctification as we attend to the ordinary means of grace and as the Spirit works in us and makes the ordinary means effective to our sanctification, so too the several lusts thereof are more and more weakened and mortified. The divines make this clear, that the body of sin has been weakened and put to death or mortified as the old word suggests. The sins that once troubled us greatly more and more are being weakened. The traps and the pitfalls of the sinful life that we used to fall into have been put to death and we no longer struggle in certain areas. The Christian is a work in progress, but progress is being made, as the lusts of our sinful nature are weakened and put to death or mortified. Paul writes in Galatians 5 and 24, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Here Paul speaks of the mortification of sin as we walk through the Christian life, as we attend to the means of grace, as the Spirit works. So too the old nature with its passions and desires is put to death and weakened every single day. Paul writes in Romans 8 and 13, If we live according to the flesh we will die, but if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Here is the Christian life, a life that lives by the Holy Spirit, putting to death the deeds of the body and looking forward to abundant life with Christ Jesus in glory. And as the lusts of the old nature are more and more weakened and mortified, so too are Christians more and more quickened and strengthened in all saving graces. Christians have been made alive in Christ, and in the Christian life, as the Spirit works, he breathes more and more life into us. He quickens us and strengthens us in all saving graces. Paul writes in Colossians 1 and verse 11 that we are being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. And Paul continues in Ephesians 3, 16 to 19, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. As the Christian life continues, we are being quickened and strengthened in all saving graces, so that Paul is able to pray that we would have strength to comprehend with all the saints the love of God. Paul can pray that we would be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in our inner being. Paul would pray that we would have endurance and patience with joy. Paul would be able to look forward to evidence of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the Christian's life. Every single day, my brothers and sisters, as we attend to the ordinary means of grace and as the Holy Spirit works with might in us, we are being more and more quickened and strengthened in all saving graces as the old self is being put to death and mortified every single hour. We have been called to a life of holiness, to the practice of holiness, as the Westminster Divines put it, without which no man shall see the Lord. We have been redeemed from every spot and sin and stain. Christ Jesus laid down his perfect life for our sake at Calvary's cross. He was raised from the dead for our justification. 
And since we have these promises, writes Paul in 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. We live in the fear of God, not a servile fear which fears him as a master, but in a filial fear which fears him as a father, which fears him and seeks not to harm him or wound him, seeks to please him every single day. The Christian life is one where we have been called to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. The Christian life is one where we have been called to pursue holiness, holiness without which, says Paul in Hebrews 12 and 14, no one will see the Lord. And so as believers, we have been called to walk the life of sanctification. A life that is absolutely certain. Again, I remind you that the one who has begun a work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. And yet, as Christians, we are not to sit idly by and say, Ah, the Spirit will do his work. I can just get on and do whatever I want to do. We are to attend to the ordinary means of grace, given to us by the Lord himself with the purpose of growing us up in the faith. And so, my brothers and sisters, may we be much about the practice of true holiness, responding to the gospel, responding to Christ's sacrifice, striving every day by the power of God at work in us and by the ordinary means to cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Here is the Christian life, here is the sanctified life, and here is the life to which we have been called. When we return to consider the final two paragraphs of this chapter, we will speak about how sanctification will be incomplete in this life. Paragraphs two and three make that absolutely clear. However, today, let us close with words of confidence once again from Teddy Donnelly. Donnelly speaks words of confidence to Christians and especially to those of us today who perhaps look at our sanctification with despair, thinking that we have not progressed at all. We are still as stuck as we were five or ten years ago in our discipleship. We are not doomed to live with our immaturities forever. The mighty Spirit is working within us, subduing our indwelling sin and making us more and more like the Saviour. We can expect to see in ourselves substantial and significant growth in grace. In this life, writes Terry Donnelly, we will become more holy. In this life, brothers and sisters, we will become more and more holy. And so as we close today, may our prayer be that of Robert Murray McShane. Lord God, make us as holy as a pardoned sinner can be. As always, today we've got five questions for you to consider. Question one. The Christian in this life will be sanctified. Upon whose virtue does this truth rest? Question two. By what means is the Christian to be sanctified? Question three. What is the significant change brought about by sanctification? Question four. According to the Westminster Divines, what is weakened and mortified in the believer and what is quickened and strengthened? 
And question five, when it comes to the fear of God, what is the difference between servile and filial fear? And which one of these describes how the Christian is to fear God? That's all for today. As always, my name is Scott Woodburn. And until next time, this we confess. Mm -hmm.